Welcome to Level Up Academy podcast, where we explore the diverse set of skills that can be applied across various industries and professions. Each episode will deep dive into the world of transferable skills, discussing topics like communication, problem solving, critical thinking, and more. Join us as we speak with experts in different fields and share stories of individuals who have successfully transferred their skills from one industry to another. Whether you're a recent grad, a mid-career professional, or someone looking to make a career change, this podcast is for you. So sit back, relax, and let's discover how you can leverage your existing skills to excel in any industry. Welcome to Level Up Academy podcast. This is your host, Dr. Leland, a serial educator, an opportunities designer, and a compassionate leader. Hello, Level Up listeners. This is your host, Dr. Leland. Today's conversation is with Dr. Hamilton. And our conversation is all about being assertive with your boss or with anyone, right? What does that mean? It means communicating your thoughts, opinions, and your needs clearly and confidently while maintaining a respectful and professional demeanor. I'm going to give you my tips on how to be assertive with your boss because I am opening a class and teaching it to every one of you listeners. My class is called Managing Your Boss. It is available on April 1st. You can go to my website, luabydocleland.com and click on Courses for more information. L-U-A B-Y-D-O-C-L-E-Y-L-A-N-D.com. So tip number one, know what you want to say. Before you approach your boss, take take some time to think about what you want to say and what outcome you hope to achieve. Be clear about your message and stick to your main points. Choose the right time and place is my number two tip. Timing is key when it comes to being assertive with your boss. Make sure you choose a time and place where your boss can give you their full attention and where you can have an honest conversation without interruptions or distractions. Three, use the I statements. When you communicate your needs, try to use I statements to avoid sounding accusatory or confrontational right? For example, instead of saying, you never listen to my ideas, try saying, I feel like my ideas are not being heard. Tip four, be specific. Be specific about what you want to change or achieve. Provide examples and evidence to support your argument and be prepared to offer solutions or alternatives. Tip number five, Listen actively. After you've expressed your thoughts and needs, listen to your boss' response. Be open to their perspective and try to find a common ground. Ask questions to clarify their position and show that you value their opinion. And the last step for you is follow up. After your conversation, Follow up with an email or a summary of what was discussed and any agreed upon action items. This will help you ensure that everyone, you and your boss or anybody else in that conversation is on the same page and that you 
and your audience that you were talking to, or your boss in this case, are both committed to making any necessary changes. Remember, being assertive does not mean being aggressive or disrespectful. It's about communicating your thoughts and needs in a clear and confident manner while maintaining a professional and respectful tone. Here is my interview with Dr. Hamilton. Hello, Level Up listeners. This is your host, Dr. Leland. Tonight, I have a special guest, Dr. Abby Hamilton. Go ahead and introduce yourself to our listeners. Hi, listeners. Hi. Hi there, Dr. Constance. Uh, so I'm Dr. Abby Hamilton. I am from Tampa, Florida. I'm an industrial organizational psychologist, Filipino author of Speak Up Anak, which is a book of assertiveness strategies for Filipino Americans, and also a two times TEDx speaker, soon to be three times as um, as of this week, they announced that I would be on a third one next month. So that's exciting. Um, I'm really excited to be here. One of my biggest messages is Filipinos find your voice. And it's actually for everyone. We need to find our voice and to show this world how valuable our thoughts and our our ideas are and speak up so that we could be more successful in this world. Awesome. Thank you for that background. I wanted to take you back, right? Mm, I'd say about 20 years of your life. Can you take us back 20 years ago? 20 years. I gave birth to my third child. <laughs> um, so I would say, let's say, I don't know if it was about 20 years ago, but I, I, taught in middle school and high school for 11 years. And then I have now been in higher education for coming up on 13 years. And I'm the director of uh, student services at, at Everglades University, which is um, uh, a, a university for adult learners here in Tampa and throughout Florida. And uh, in the past few years is the, I guess, the biggest jump of my career because I finished my doctorate degree, my PhD in industrial organizational psychology, and I was able to conduct research on 500 Filipino Americans. And I found that the, the more, the higher our Filipino interpersonal norms are, the lower our assertiveness is. And it was so funny at the end of my study, I had this Zoom so that everyone could see the results of my study. And I was so, ha so happy it was done. You know how that is. The PhD or uh, the dissertation takes forever. Then it was done and I was just going to show them the results, the end, right? And when I did, the Filipinos, you know, time for questions and answers. And one of, one of the Filipinos said, but Dr. Abby then, what should we do about it? And I felt like saying, don't ask me. I just finished my paper. That's it. I'm just, I, I completed it. It's done. I have my degree. Um, <clears throat> but I realized now they were kind of like looking to me as almost like a Moses, you know, like help us, set us free. And so I started, uh, I put on seminars online about respectful assertiveness for Filipino American, Americans because so many of us think it's, it's ugly if you're assertive. You know, I would rather be respectful, but I, I showed them how we can be respectful and that turned into my book. 
So, and then from there, I've just been speaking, doing a lot of public speaking, my two TED, TEDx talks and um, continuing the message. So there's a lot in there. In there, I also have my three children that are in their 20s now that are grown and uh, my husband of almost 28 years now. So yeah, with this, it's a, a big journey, but there's still more to do. Yeah. Thank you for doing what you're doing, right? It's just, it's very narrowed and very specific to certain um, demographics, but it's needed. It's needed because we are always known in the Philippines as like the the most respectful, the most happy people ever, you know, on earth. We see Jokoi just went in there, right? They don't want even more the Philippines. And, and we are, we are always been taught to, you know, at least my generation, we are taught to be quiet. Um, you are um, seen, but not heard, right? It's just yes. one of those things. It's like, you don't say nothing. You know, I'm the black sheep of my family. Yeah. I'm an only child, but I am like, treated as the youngest out of 16 um, with my dad. They're, you know, 16 brothers, sisters. My mom's like nine. Mm. And um, I, you've always like, be quiet. You can't say anything. I'm like, but why? You know, and like, I have an opinion, but why? And <laughs> you can't have an opinion. It's more of like, so I was always been the black sheep. Some of my family members, we only, you know, marry certain Filipinos only, but I married outside of that. Like everything that a Filipino should not do, I've done. So yeah, it's it's a different sheep there. But I really am interested on your findings. Like, how did you actually elevate from you said you created workshops and also books, but has have you found like a feedback on is that helping them um, to be assertive on the next level for their own life personally, or is it for work? How is that helping them? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, the feedback I got was like, you know, you know how you do marketing? Um, what is it called? Like a, um, research to see how people will respond to your message and things like that. Well, Fortunately and conveniently, my dissertation was done right um, in the middle of COVID. And during COVID, there was an app called Clubhouse. And Clubhouse allowed anybody from all over the world to jump into conversations with each other on certain topics. So you could find, you know, like manifestation, Bitcoin, Will Smith, anyone wanted to talk about a certain topic, you click on it and then you guys go in there and you start talking. So I was able to get a captive audience because there was nothing else to do, right? Everyone was quarantined. They had to stay home of hundreds of Filipinos from all over. And when I would mention these different topics, like my research found that the, the, the closer we hold on to our Filipino norms, the less assertive we are. Oh, my goodness. People would just be like they, they would all be raising their hands to say, oh my goodness, I can't believe you said that. That happened to me when I was little. That happened to me last week. That's happening to me right now. I don't have the assertiveness to tell everybody to wear masks and they're getting germs all over me or whatever it is. I, um, I'm not being assertive with my children now that I'm home with them during COVID. I'm not assertive with my spouse, asking him for extra help. I'm not assertive with... Um, with at, my, at my work to ask for... Um, to. In, 
put my foot down and say, I cannot work 80 hours per week. I have to clock out at the end of the night, cannot answer your calls late at night. And so in every aspect, and that's what you ask for, like, is it helping? Yes, it's helping with marriages, with even mother, your, you, you know, like your, your elderly mother, children, um, siblings, right? Your brother and your sister. Well, you don't have any brother, but you have your 16, right? <laughs> um, and then co-workers and em employees and even like the, the restaurant that gives you your steak and it's too well done. It's everywhere. Anyone that you speak to, you need to be able to speak up so that you can, so that you're not trapped in this, you know, in, in a life that you don't want to live. I love that. Like one word, assertive, and it actually affects the whole entire being of yeah. your existence. existence. I so love that change. What, what traits and skills do you feel are most important to becoming a leader or being assertive? What are important traits to be assertive? Number one, you have to be, you have to know in your heart of hearts that you are a good person and a smart person. Because when you know that, you know that anything you're doing, if someone tells you it's wrong, you know what the good reason is for doing it. You know what I'm saying? Like, let's say, for example, you want to play a game, uh, at Christmas time, right? With a family. And let's say your sister's like, that's dumb. Why do you want to play a game? It's so corny. If you know that your intention was to bring happiness, to get everyone together, then you can never feel bad for bringing that up. Does that make sense? Or, or I mean, um, I live I, I know this is very common in the Filipino culture. I questioned everything I ever did. You know, like for this Christmas, I made lasagna. We had, you know, the ham and everything the night before for Christmas Eve at my mom's house. And I was like, I want to make something different. I'm making lasagna. People could eat it or not eat it. It's not Filipino. I didn't have any rice in the house. And I was okay with it. I had bread. <laughs> I had bread, I had salad, and I had lasagna, and I had dessert. And if they don't like it, they could leave. But you know how many years I never would have done that? It would have been like, do you guys want lasagna? If you don't want lasagna, I can make rice and adobo for you and be so paranoid. But so number one, you just have to know in your heart of hearts that you're doing something right and that you're doing something smart. Number two, you need to have the tools to do it. Because even if you're telling yourself in your head, I know I need to speak up because it's the right thing to do. If you don't have the words or the, if you don't know what phrases you'll use to push through, you'll just think to yourself, man, I really should have said something. So <clears throat> that's why, um, that's why I wrote, that's what I have in my book. Chapter eight is full of the tools to use. And I did actually make an online course called thewordwallet.com. And it tells the word wallet because it gives you actual like the the words to say for each of the techniques that, that I uh, presented with examples and everything. So useful. I pulled that thing out a million times just to help people through their situations in their lives. So those are the, the two main things. 
So that's really good because, you know, when people say, hey, be assertive, like it's nice that you can tell people how to be assertive by one word, like be assertive. What does that even look like? Right. Yeah. Like, mm -hmm. Especially in our culture. Um, I don't have a problem with it, but I know that some of my friends have issues with it. Like, I don't really want to say anything because I don't want to offend the titas. Right. Yeah. Like, Toxic or, mm. yeah, like molas or like, uh -huh. you know, and I think when I stop caring because my intent is always good and I always try to help. Um, and I have this attitude. It might be a bad attitude, actually, in the Filipino culture. Like, I don't really care what your opinion is at this point. I'm not hurting anyone. And I, I am going to tell you that this is what I'm going to do. And it's not like to offend you or anything, but this is it. You know, like, for example, like you said, if you don't have the Filipino chicken adobo or, you know, the lechon, the whole big lechon for yeah. Thanksgiving, and all you, you have cease to exist. <laughs> right? I mean, like we, that's all you got. Like, you know, and a lot of Filipinos like to party a lot. And I don't because I have four dogs. And one of my German Shepherd is very aggressive. You, you really got bitten or what? Like, you oh. can't come to my house, you know? Like, so they're like, hmm, you're kind of weird. I'm like, but I can do karaoke. I can bring my karaoke to your house. I just can't have you in the house, you know? Mm -hmm. And so having that assertiveness, I think it's easy for people that are habitual. But for those people who are listening, they're like, okay, how do you be assertive? Like, when, where do you start? What would you tell them? So buy my book. You're just kidding. <laughs> no, but I'll tell you some of the te techniques. So one of them is... Um, one of them is called the repeat button. Okay. And it's not like it, these are these are methods that have been talked about for years. They used to call it uh, the broken record. I don't know if you've heard of that, but basically what I say, like, for example, if someone says, Oh, Constance, you should have it at your house. You should have the birthday party at your house. And you, you're like, no Tita. Um, I think it's better to have the birthday party at a restaurant. Oh my goodness. Restaurant is so impersonal. You should make it nice. You're like, and broken record just says, or the repeat button says, number one, you stick to your message. Number two, do not elevate your tone. Like I have told you 52 times, Tita, we will <laughs> not have it at my house. What are you? You know what's your problem? Yeah. You say it. You say it. You, no, we're gonna have it at the restaurant. That's better. Oh, oh, why? Because you think we, we are not good enough for your house, and you say we're just gonna have it at the restaurant, Tita. At a certain point, she's gonna be like, if I keep going, she's gonna say we're gonna have it at the restaurant. Yeah, so, <laughs> yeah. So she'll say. Okay, then. And then you have to be okay with the fact that she will walk away judging you, however, but you never had to elevate your tone. You composed your character in every way. And that's what assertiveness is, being firm, yet still respectful and calm through your whole message. Because you're just saying what you need to say. You're not being mean. And um, and uh, there was something else I was going to say about, and you, about the dogs. You know what I mean? You could just say something like rather than just say like, we're not having it in my house. Just stop already. You can just say something like, I know you, I, I know, um, I know it would be better that the dog, that the dogs will not bother you because you, we want to relax. The thing is, if you know what your end results, your end desire is, desired result is, which is to have a good time. 
and their desire is for you to have a good time, then you say, we're going to have a good time when I bring the karaoke over to your house. It's going to be so much better than trying to wrestle with the dogs here. You see? And then they'll be like, you're right. I do want to have a good time. Yeah, I want to have a good time too. Then you're both on the same page. Kind of like refocus the energy. Well, people just stop asking to ask me and I'm like, it's not happening. <laughs> I mean, like literally just I'm like, nope, my dog literally she's she's bred that way and we need him. We need her to be that way. So we don't, you know, and I do take them out. I have four. I have two German shepherds and two English bulldogs and they're oh, all aggressive at each other, actually. So I'm like, but it's good for us, for our family. We need them, especially during COVID. Yeah, and so um and I, I just tell them like, hey, we can do any anywhere else. And that's actually pretty good in terms of that. Not just Filipinos, but really anybody, right? right? Kind of changing your tone and repeat. Yeah, I like that. Yeah, this is just one of those things. I just don't like people. I just don't have people over to the house. Then they'll just say, I don't know why she's like that, but that's the way she is. You know, we have a sorority yeah. sister in my college who just, she sometimes replies if you invite her, sometimes she doesn't. And sometimes like she'll go long times, not calling anybody, not responding to anything. But over time, we just knew she's a good person and she does that for some reason. We used to be mad about it, but now we just know that's just one of the things. Is. That's all. Yeah. Yeah. And the end of story, right? Like the end, the end of story. story. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, but you no. don't have to get mean about it. And that's no, there's no really point of being mean. It's just going to get it's going to get nasty from there. We don't need that really. Right. Mm, um, yeah. Have you discovered your purpose in life? I know that's kind of a deep question, mm. but I feel like you have maybe. Yeah. Yeah. Actually, I am in a program that uh, has brought me through. It makes you go through various questions and soul seeking. And and um, I feel like I have. And I feel that because of my journey through, and you didn't let me go all the way back to childhood. You made me only go back 20 years, but through my childhood, and you did hear a little bit of this in my te two TED Talks, um, I had people throughout my life who would put me down and I couldn't find myself in it. And I couldn't definitely not find my voice. And I was uh, a prisoner to that um, for so long. And so my, I feel, I feel that um, my purpose is to help people find their voices so that earlier in their life, so that they don't have to wait till they're my age to figure out how they can be so much more free in their relationships. I mean, I'll tell you this, I, my husband and I are, will celebrate our 28th anniversary this year, and we haven't had... <clears throat> Major, major, major issues, you know, but um, we figured each other out all after all these years. But since I started talking about assertiveness like two or three years ago, he um, there were moments where I was like washing the dishes. And I said, I said, why do I always wash the dishes? I don't. How come nobody else watches washes the dishes? I how did this happen? And then and then normally I would just wash them. And yeah. This time I was like, you know what? I talked to the world about how to be assertive. Oh yeah, this is happening. I'm going in. <laughs> and I would turn around. And I'd be like, hey, this is when I had. I think two boys were still home, and then my husband. And and I said, hey guys, um. And I, I brought up the fact, like, I was wondering why no one else ever washes their dishes. They kind of just 
put them in the sink. And one of them reminded me that a long time ago, I had said that it's leave it there for me because it's therapy for me. It's very relaxing for me to wash the dishes. And I was like, oh, well, it's not relaxing anymore. (laughs) (laughs) Um, How about we just uh, all wash our dishes? And they're like, okay, sure, we can wash our dishes. And I thought, wow, I can't believe how easy that was. And normally I wouldn't say anything. So then other opportunities came up where I was like, ooh, I'm going to say this too. I'm going (laughs) to say this too. You know, and, and my husband's kind of like, who are you? What is this new thing? But I felt like, I love this. What else can we do? And then I felt like also we we would hash things out sometimes like pros, cons. Yes, this. Yes, I could, I could, I could do that, but not all the way or not spend this much money, but still be able to accomplish it. And we would kind of like hammer it out until it was agreeable to both of us. And at the end I was like, Oh my gosh, we can conquer the world with all that we can do. There's no problem we can't handle right now. This is so amazing. So it was very freeing. And even in my workplace, I feel like I go in and say what I need to say now completely respectfully and and with curiosity and a, a desire to grow. And um, and we have conversations that wouldn't have happened before. So what was your question again? Oh, my purpose. So my purpose is to find those people just like me, which I know there are so many, and to help them find their voice early in their lives. I love what you said about um, I, I, the, the whole time that you were talking, I said, yeah, that's very liberating yes. to, to feel good about your decision making and not question it yourself in your head. Like, did I do the right thing? Right. Because yeah. um, that's that basically becomes that what they're talking about, the buzzword of like imposter syndrome. Right. That's a whole new topic. But at the same time, I love that you're doing it as curiosity and continuously improving. Mm-hmm. And I think from business leaders themselves, especially a leader like yourself as well, when you come from that train of thoughts of curiosity rather than telling right. instead you're probing questions because you're yeah. curious you already have something in your head you already formulated it but mm-hmm. instead of telling you hey abby do this or cj do this yeah hey what about this what are your thoughts you're guiding mm-hmm. the thoughts by probing through curiosity and a question yeah. and then basically hammering it with we need to continuously improve this conversation Right. right. You're not ending it. You're not closing it. You're not telling it. You're asking mm-hmm. and moving forward. So I definitely love that. And that was going to be my next question, which is, you know, what do you think leaders could do to promote success in their teams? Do you have any additional yeah. tips there? Yeah, it's exactly what you said. And it's in my book. Um, there's this <clears throat> it's all about the the asking, not telling and and coming together on the decision making. So um, I always say. Let's start from a a relationship point of view. Sometimes when you want to tell people like, yo, this needs to stop or whatever it is, or um, we, you all need to do it like this. You need to do it like this. It becomes like an opponent. You need to do this. What do you mean? I didn't, you know, I don't think we have to do that. Or why do you think I'm doing it wrong? And it's like a tennis court where you're just smashing the ball against each other. When actually the problem is your opponent. So you should go on, you should, instead of attacking, you go to their side of the tennis court 
and you huddle to say, here's a problem. Let's figure out the best way to attack the problem together. What if we do this? Yeah, that sounds like a good idea, but we can do this and that. Oh, yeah, that's perfect. But what will happen if this? And you just huddle and you just work on it together. So um, a leader would be able to say, hey, guys, I noticed, like, let's say, for example, I noticed that we don't have very many, um, very many leads for our sales this, um, this month or, you know, admissions, right? I don't, we don't have very, we're not getting very many leads. And I wondered what you guys are thinking is the reason. Um, what are you, what have you been feeling? What have you been seeing out there? And they're like, well, you know, whenever we make calls, people aren't interested. And then the other will say, well, it looks like we're not getting very many leads to call in the first place. You know, they can say, what do you think is going on? It could be that, I don't know, that there's a, a link online where people's leads aren't coming in properly. We've never had this problem before. Or, oh yeah, this happened a couple of years ago and they found out that the Google link was not working. Oh, we should look into that. <clears throat> um, and then someone could say, yeah, you know, I noticed that the, um, the phone line has been disconnecting or whatever it is. And then everyone feels like <clears throat> they're not getting attacked. They're getting supported. And um, just in a little side note, when I feel attacked, like criticism or something like that, um, as a receiver, I will throw it back on the leader. And a lot of times you think, well, if I were the leader, I would do it right. But even as the person below who's getting that um, criticism, you can throw it back on the leader and say, I want to do the right thing. Teach me, guide me, help me. You're my supervisor. What should I do to improve in this? You know what I mean? Rather than fine, I guess I'll work harder. I mean, I don't know what you want from me instead of getting offended, which I'm not good at criticism. I will turn it on them because it's not like you told me to do something and I didn't do it. I just didn't know how. So help. Yeah. yeah. So there's a lot of um, speaking up there, but it, that's it's just about the skill, doing it right. Yeah, I think it's just the support. And I've been teaching too about... Um, management and leadership lately. And the conversation is this, like, think about it, right? When you're doing such a good job at your job, whatever your job is, you're doing such a good job. And then there's a, um, a position that actually opened up, let's say to be a managerial role. Right. Yeah. And then you're like, Hey, CJ, you'd be good at this managerial role. You're actually basing that conversation based on my job that I do personally alone. Right. right now you're putting me on a managerial position because you think that I collaborate because I came from sales. I collaborate with people a lot and I'm, I'm good at talking, mm -hmm. but what you, I think directors, when they're hiring for people, they're hiring based on that skill that one person is doing one-on-one -on -one by themselves. Right. And now you're putting them to, to ha handle two to five people without support there. You're right. just you're like, she's good with people. She's in sales. But that's a different type of job skills. Mm -hmm. And most managers do a really bad job of yeah. managing people because they never got the support. Not because they're bad people. They just yeah. don't know how. Right. You have to give them the, 
the skills. Exactly. I mean, in higher education, same with faculty. Just mm -hmm. because a faculty member is an excellent faculty member, right? He teaches well, he does his testing, his grading, all of that, mentoring the, the, the students. Then if you're going to make him <clears throat> the supervisor over other faculty members, that's a different skill. Exactly. Just what you said. And then all of a sudden he's like, but I know how to teach a class. I don't know how to manage these people. People who will say, oh, I'm sorry if I'm late for work or, oh, I have to turn in the, my um, PTO forms or, uh, oops, I'm sorry, I didn't um, I turn in my reports in time. That's a different thing than, mm -hmm. the other, than teaching. So. Yeah, that's like any other job, right? And that's why I, I just, and I'm like, how, when are you guys going to figure out the hiring managers? When are you going to figure out that if you see a skill or two with this person that's really good, fine, <laughs> hire them by all means, but don't leave them alone, right? Yes. Train them to be the best, whatever that they're doing for you because they're doing it for you. So that's kind of cool. Um, before I end this conversation, I actually watched a live or no, it was recorded conversation with the His Holiness the Dalai Lama. Uh -huh. And he said, change begins within you. Uh -huh. Use compassion to change your world uh -huh. and ultimately our world. So Dr. Uh -huh. Hamilton, how uh -huh. do you hope to change the world? Uh -huh. I love that you said that because I'm, I've been working on my next TEDx talk, which is specifically related to change. Uh, that's actually the, um, the theme, something about change your mindset, change your culture kind of thing. And um, we have to first own it and recognize that, you know, we are to be the change we want to see, that we need to, um, uh, this is what's in my talk. I basically say change is happening in the world all around you. You have a choice to embrace it, <clears throat> um, to embrace it. Oh, Elon Musk says that we must embrace the change, whether we're comfortable or not, because the alternative is disaster. So recognize that it needs to happen. And as we change and um, find our role in understanding others from whatever differences they come from, then we can start to um, create a society where we see people as human, not different, because we're all in this together. I love that. That's that's pretty cool. I like that that you see that change will will always be happening whether you like it or not it's gonna happen you can't stop it just like time when i ask them what's time management they're like controlling time i'm like when was the last time you can control time that's a yeah. powerful thing please tell me like you can't if it's 5 p.m here and 5 p.m somewhere else you can't control time it's your choice that you can control what your priority is at this moment that's it um that is so cool thank you so much for for keeping us be assertive and get what I want and what you want and everybody else want. Um, mm -hmm. If you wanted to buy your book, um, is it on Amazon? It is. Mm -hmm. Awesome. Yeah. And if you want to get a hold of you, maybe have a collaboration or things mm -hmm. like that, um, where could they find you? Yes. Uh, DrAbbyHamilton.com is my website. And you just click there if you want to contact me. 
Perfect. Thank you so much for your time today. You're welcome. This was so fun. Thank you for listening to my podcast today. If you have any questions, email me at lua at levelupbydocleland.com. Lua, L-U-A-B-Y-D-O-C-L-E-Y-L-A-N-D.com. It's open for consultations and courses will be offered soon. I will see you in my next episode. Stay connected, informed, and inspired. Until next time. (laughs) 